Grid. I gamble. The only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by the entire collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nawara. It is Thursday, so it's DFS Thursday. We get you ready for your DraftKings lineups this weekend. Maybe even sprinkle in some season-long. I know Brett gave us his three takeaways on Tuesday. Much appreciated, Brett. So even if you're not playing DFS, there are little things sprinkled in here that will assist you throughout. I think we had some good calls again last week. DP, you have a new method. You just take all of our predictions on here and just make lineups solely based on who we tout, right? That is what I did last week, and uh, it made me some good money. Um, Small sample size, so let's not go and say that it's a tried and true method just yet, but uh, I'm going to aim to do the same thing this week and going forward, and we'll see how it results. I mean, the the first three weeks, I I felt like we have really picked a lot of really good good players to, to roster, so... Let's keep it up, boys. Don't lie to the people. It it has worked 100% of the time. It has worked 100% of the time. 100% of the time, it has seen me return 300% on my investment. <laughs> if that's not results that you can fucking go die on the sword for, I don't know what is. That's right. Mo, I know you feel comfortable touting 100% of the time, 300% return. You're down for that, right? We're here for the people. <laughs> Bert Minotti, how much how much studying? What what is your what is your Wednesday night like, Brett, as you prepare for this? Because you we call you the disciple, and that's mainly because Mo shepherded you to the uh, to the against the spread stuff. But I mean, you're the fantasy god here. What is your process on Wednesday? Take us into the lab for a second. Uh, my process starts Monday night. I start looking at matchups for the next week, and then I, I actually spend a lot of time on Tuesday looking through Pro Football Focus. Uh, the grades uh, for each player from the previous game and the snap counts. I, I spend way too much time on pro football focus. It's it's absurd. And and probably a couple hours on Wednesday nights to get ready for the show. So I'm well prepared for this show. And then I spend more time leading up to Sunday as well. Well, good. That's, that's good to hear that we got at least one person busting their ass. Unlike Mo, Mo will just click on people randomly on Sunday that he just never talked about. Yeah, who was that last week? Who did you have heaps of, Mo, that you didn't even breathe a word of uh, on the podcast? I don't remember. There was (laughs) some, but that was was two weeks ago, I think. Last week was pretty, pretty consistent. (laughs) I I think I had all my guys. You were talking about somebody who you didn't, who you didn't tout that you just. That happens though. Like you fall in love with guys, even on Sunday morning, if there's an injury or somebody's just you know inactive. That's, you know, it happens. I, there was one week this season, I we didn't talk about Le'Veon Bell on the show, and I ended up with like 80% Le'Veon Bell on my lineups. Well, that's why you guys got to follow at Brett Colson, C-O-L-L-S-O-N on Twitter. Send him your questions on Sunday morning, injury-related or other. The first thing we do on this show is look at the Vegas implied totals, and there are three teams with 28 or higher on the board, and they are in order The New England Patriots, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Kansas City Chefs, they are all home favorites. The Pats giving nine to the Panthers, the Falcons giving eight to Brett's fighting Buffalo Bills, and the Chefs giving six and a half to the Washington racial slurs coming off of a great performance on Sunday night. So those are your three highest implied team totals 
the Patriots, the Falcons, and the Chefs. And then a quick look at the weather to see if there's anything that is alarming. And the only thing I can see is a bit of drizzle for Colts at Seahawks. But I'm not sure that we're going to fall in love with very many players, any players in that game, given some of the injury circumstances with Baldwin, the uh, ineffectiveness of that Hawks offense, and then the something brisket traveling to Seattle. Uh, I'll be surprised if we hear something brisket in the future, but seems like an ugly game up in the Pacific Northwest. We start each week with some stacks, and let's go to the lab. Let's go to Burt Minotti, the god. Lead us off. Give us some stacks you're targeting this week, sir. I'm going right back to the Philadelphia Eagles this week. I think you have to look at this Eagles trio of Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, and Alshon Jeffrey just about every week because you know they're going to throw the football a lot. They don't run. And you pretty much know where the ball is going, especially now with Darren Sproles out. Zach Ertz, 25 targets through three weeks, ranks first among tight ends. Alshon Jeffrey, 28 targets through three weeks. That ranks fourth among wide receivers. The market share is huge, and that's why I like to triple stack this team. Has not worked a whole lot early on. Uh, Alshon and and Ertz, surprisingly, I, I was all over this team last week, and they didn't get as nearly as much volume as I thought they would, but... This week against the Chargers, uh, they are, I think, two-and-a-half-point underdogs here, so I like the, the game script for a lot of passing, especially against this Chargers team that no longer has Jason Verrett on the outside. They've shown they are unable to defend the middle of the field with something Jatavis Brown at linebacker, so I'm expecting a lot of yards from the Eagles offense in week four. Uh, outside of that, I, I, I like Carson Palmer this week, and if you're going to stack him, obviously you could feel safe with Larry Fitzgerald in a stack against uh, this 49ers team that is not great in the secondary. Uh, and the the Cardinals throw the ball so much that it's it's almost entertaining. It's You could almost entertain a triple stack with a guy like J.J. Nelson, who gives you a great ceiling for a deep threat, but also a guy like Andre Ellington, eight targets out of the backfield last week. Jerron Brown has 17 targets the past two weeks. It's, it's difficult to figure out what you want to do with a triple stack here uh, because there are a lot of different weapons they use in the passing game, but there are also a lot of targets to go around. So uh, I I don't think the prices on these guys yet reflect the increase in volume since David Johnson and David Brown, or uh, David Johnson and John Brown went down. So uh, I I like the Cardinals passing attack against the 49ers. It's insane how frequently Arizona throws the ball. I was taking a look at pass catching running backs during my process and I was looking at routes run by running backs. And Andre Ellington has already run 80 routes out of the running back position, which is insane, given that he's only really played for two weeks. He got some burn in week one, and he, and he plays a pass-catching role even when DJ's healthy, albeit limited. But 80 routes from Andre Ellington already in that offense. They just love chucking the ball up. Uh, yeah, and on a full PPR site like DraftKings, Ellington at his price, I, I can't, I don't even know what it is, but it's it's not very high. But yeah, he's a guy you definitely want to keep an eye on for this week. And I think it's fair to say they hate Kerwin Williams. Like they're done. I think the Kerwin Williams experiment is over already. Yeah, one or two, maybe two snaps last week. So Ellington is the guy. They, they I mean, they love Chris Johnson for whatever reason. Ba, it's just Ba's just got some weird leaks. But Andre Ellington, especially on a PPR site like DraftKings, is the way to go mo you're up next give us some stacks i don't know uh, if i have a whole lot to say after that one because my 
my stack, my preferable stack is the Arizona Cardinals. As well, uh, Carson Palmer, 6,100. Larry, he's very affordable. He's 6,100. And then Brett just only mentioned him in passing, but I really, really, really like Jerron Brown. Uh, one of the top targets the last couple weeks. He's a guy that Palmer clearly trusts. He even throws him the rock in the red zone. Um, he's also been a deep threat for them, so he kind of plays that J.J. Nelson role of stretching the defense. And it doesn't seem like Nelson's going to be 100%. I still like Brown. Brown hobbled at best still. I mean, J.J. had put up a, put up a moose egg last week, so... I don't think we can really expect too much from him at this point. Uh, their running game, is, it's very poor. And uh, the Niners looked, man, absolutely mortifying. They allowed over 10 yards to Jared, 10 yards per attempt to Jared Goff last week. A uh, little worried about high ownership here, but I don't think too many people are going to fire the triple stack. So uh, I like a trip back here with Fitzgerald and Jerron Brown. DP, what you got? I'm going against my New England Patriots. I like the Carolina Panthers passing offense. Now, I know that Cam hasn't looked right for quite some time now, even going back to a handful of games to end last season, but I don't think he needs to look too right to put up points against this Patriots defense, who has allowed scores of 34, 25, and 25 uh, on DraftKings to opposing quarterbacks. You know, I also think that after what they did last week against the New Orleans Saints, they looked really bad, specifically uh, Cam. I mean, he really stuck out like a sore thumb. Uh, I think the stock's going to be low on them. And at 5,900, I think you can pair him with a Christian McCaffrey, who's he's a little bit more expensive, but you save some money on Cam there. And then also uh, watching the the Calvin, Benjury, Calvin Benjamin injury front and, and looking at Devin Funches. You know, I think that... Um, I mean, last week, I think, showed where the Houston Texans came into to Gillette and they, I mean, there was people catching the ball that I've never heard of on that team. Uh, the Patriots secondary does not look good. Um, they can't really cover. Their tackling's been bad. And, and you know, if Cam decides that he's going to do a little bit more running because his his passing game isn't there, then then I think that bodes well for for this stack also. And then the other game I'm looking at is the, the Denver Broncos, another you know, bounce back spot with Trevor Simeon, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, even a little Benny Fowler in there. Uh, it's got a high total, 47. Uh, the Broncos are returning home. They played really bad against Buffalo on offense, I thought. Um, but not that we didn't expect that. We thought that going in. I think Trevor Simeon going home to mile high, it's kind of his comfort zone. I don't think Oakland's defense is that good. Um, I don't think this is going to be the week. Um, so, you know, I just I like that passing offense right there, specifically the wide receivers with Simeon because – he doesn't really like to throw to tight ends. I'm definitely scared of Cam, but I like two of the players you mentioned in McCaffrey and Funchess, and I was going to uh, talk about them in their respective position parts of this podcast, but let me just hop in now. Uh, McCaffrey, like Mr. Ellington, has ran 80 routes so far out of the backfield. Only Tymont, Zeke, Bell, and Duke Johnson have run more, and let's be honest, Duke Johnson is a slot receiver, so some of those routes don't even count. The Patriots are last in defense VOA. Remember, it's not defense-adjusted until the end of Week 4. And they're 28th defending running backs out of the backfield. They have terrible coverage linebackers, and Christian McCaffrey is a nightmare matchup for them. And then Devin Funches. Even if Kelvin Benjamin goes, I kind of want him to go. Because last week, in Greg Olson's absence, he was targeted 10 times. 
Now, some of those targets weren't amazing because of Cam's seemingly inability to get the ball downfield. Uh, but that kind of volume is super valuable in fantasy, even with Calvin Benjamin available. So 10 targets last week for Funchess. I think he might be a good spot play this week uh, against the Patriots. My stack, you know, you guys know, I like getting weird. Mo brought him up briefly, and he used him as an example of if this guy can do it, anybody can. Uh, give me a Ram stack against the Dallas Cowboys. Over the last two weeks, we saw Trevor Simeon put up 24.6 DraftKings points against this defense, and Carson Palmer put up 24.7. I like the usual suspect. That would be Sammy Watkins here, even though he might be a little popular after that big Thursday night game. But even Cooper Cup and Robert Woods? I mean, Robert Woods is out-snapped and out-routed, if that's even a thing. He's ran more routes uh, than both Watkins and Cup. And he's been targeted four times, uh, 20 yards down the field, which is more than Watkins and Cup combined. So Woods has been a deep target for Goff in a game where the Cowboys are second in the league. Let me get this correct. Fourth in the league. Second in the league. Jeez. In pace when leading by six or more. And the Rams are fourth in the league in pace when trailing by six or more. Wait, is that is that right? Yes. What is Dallas doing? I'm not sure, but it, it is right this here. Dallas secondary is bad too. Yes, 26.87 seconds per play when leading by six or more, second in the league. So for some reason, their pace is higher when they're leading. The Rams fourth in the league in pace when trailing, and the spread in this game ho hum six and a half. So I like Jared Goff to keep things rolling. You guys know I love Sean McVay, and to Mo's point, this Dallas secondary is horrifying. I like that one, and I, I do not think Sammy Watkins will be popular this week. I don't I haven't seen anything about him. Also, I don't hate stacking Gurley. Uh, he's ran 68 routes out of the uh, the backfield, and McVay loves getting the running backs involved. Gurley's been great catching the ball out of the backfield so far. So in McVay, I trust. I love that dude, and let's go golf. <laughs> All right, standalone QBs. We'll go back around the horn. DP, who you got as a naked QB this week? I'm looking at uh, Brett's boy, Tyrod the God Taylor. Uh, I really have no idea who Tyrod's going to be throwing the ball to. I just know that he's going to have to score points to play against Atlanta. Um, so I like Tyrod to just, if he's going to have to throw it, he's going to have to throw it all over the field. Fine. If he's going to have to run, great. Tyrod can run. And every now and then, Tyrod's got the deep ball in him. So if I'm going to roster uh, you know, a, a QB by himself, I I like Tyrod. And he's affordable. He's only 5,300. So... Um, you know, you can you can do a lot of things without having to spend up for a QB there. And I don't think that he's going to be too popular. So give me some Tyrod Taylor this week. That's my only standalone QB play. Mo, you're up. Um, Brett's going to love mine because it's this one is. This one is devilish. I don't see anybody clicking on Philip Rivers this week. Wow. But. I think there's a lot of potential here. He's 6,300, so he's priced in the upper tier, really. Um, the thing is here, his top stacking partner is usually going to be Keenan Allen, but Keenan is a little bit expensive. Might be a hair overpriced. 7,200, he's only got five TDs in his past 12 games. 
and overall, you just don't really know where Rivers Rivers is the type of guy who you just don't really ever know where he's going to go with the ball. Looked absolutely horrible against my Chiefs last week. But Philly ain't the Chiefs. This was a pretty good-looking defense in the preseason. The one weak spot we thought might be the secondary, and the secondary has been decimated by injury. Even the front up front, their best player, Fletcher Cox, is hurt. It doesn't look like he's going to play. This defense for the Eagles, it lo- it's going to be a shell of itself. And I think this could be a spot where Rivers gets right. I mean, Eli got off the schneid against these guys. And Eli looked even worse than Rivers for the first couple weeks. So if Eli can get off the schneid versus these guys, I think Rivers can too. It's a great, great spot for him. Brad, I'm gonna let you follow up. You you might feel scorned by Philip, but what do you what do you think about Mr. Rivers? Well, I do like this game a lot. I think there's gonna be a lot of points in this game. I'm not a big Rivers. <sighs> Mo was right. This guy just looks he he looks bad. Uh, but I do like I do like one of Rivers' uh, wide receivers this week, which a uh, little teaser there. Nice. Um, as far as naked QBs, I do like Tyrod this week. The guy takes matters into his own hands. He runs the football. They get like 90 plus yards rushing the first two weeks. Uh, so he's going to score points. And if, if you need a, a cash game quarterback this week in a good spot in negative game script, I do like Tyrod Taylor quite a bit. But my favorite naked QB this week is Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson is in play every single week as long as they keep his price down. He's only 5,100 against a Titans defense that was just torched by Russell Wilson, another mobile quarterback. Last week, Titans ranked 24th against the pass. And Watson, as we've seen already, can do a lot of damage with his legs. Uh, I'm also a fan of a DeAndre Hopkins stack here, but I think you can create a unique Deshaun Watson lineup just by playing it naked because I do expect some pretty high ownership on Hopkins. Uh, but, it, yeah, if you're going to go naked this week, I think Watson is the top play in GPPs. Yep, Deshaun is my guy. I've... I still don't know if he's good or not, but it doesn't matter for no, doesn't. for fantasy purposes when he gets so many yards on the ground. I mean, his floor is just so gorgeous. And to Brett's point, until they adjust his price, I mean, he's he's a standalone guy every week for me. And it's so funny how how mirrored we are in our process. I I want to stack him with Nook so bad, but it just doesn't seem like DeAndre is reliable enough. And even when he breaks loose, uh the guy's getting tackled downfield mid-play. Uh, his defensive pass interference yards this year, I mean, he's got to be well over the century mark already. Uh, I'll actually look that up after I do this Blue Apron read. But I, I just can't trust Nook, unfortunately, because you would feel like the upside is there. You just need that one long touchdown. But uh, unlike other players who are kind of boomer bust, I think the, the bust outcomes just outweigh the booms far too often, unfortunately, for Nook. Let's get into the Blue Apron kitchen. Boys and girls, you can get $30 off your first order by going to blueapron.com slash gridirongamble. You can dine the Blue Apron way with food that the chefs and farmers work together to make more sustainable and recipes more delicious. They send you high-quality food at a better value by cutting out the middleman and delivering ingredients at their freshest. No more going down the aisles, not knowing what you want, not knowing if it's ripe. 
This week on the menu, we've got sweet and spicy beef with fresh wonton noodles, basil pesto spaghetti, spaghettini? What is spaghettini? With corn and tomatoes and creamy polenta and mushrooms with soft-boiled eggs and grana padado cheese. This is a tongue twister every week. If you want to have these great meals delivered right to you with the ingredients and the instructions and the recipes, go to blueapron.com slash gridirongamble. Support your stomach and the collective. That's blueapron.com slash gridirongamble. I don't think I'm going to get any praise on Twitter for that cold read for many of them. Spaghettini. Spaghettini. I'm going to have just... to start doing these shows at lunchtime. <laughs> Getting hungry over here. All right, let's get to some factor backs. And I'm going to let Donnie kick this one off. Who you got at running back this week, Mr. Peters? Uh, for similar reasons why I like Tyrod Taylor, I also like LaShawn McCoy. Um, I think that... Uh, you know, he kind of just can do things on his own, whether it's passing or running. Um, I mean, so the one thing that, that initially kind of threw me off was that I saw his price tag was 8,400. And I was like, that seems weird. Wasn't he less money? And he was less money last week. He was only 7,000. Um, but I think that this can actually work in our favor in the fact that right around him are Kareem Hunt is $100 more. I think people with the, the season that Kareem Hunt has had, they won't have any problem paying up an extra $100 for Kareem Hunt. Or you can save a little money and get somebody like Ezekiel Elliott or Todd Gurley, who I think that people like a lot more than LaShawn McCoy, especially after the two uh, the 10-point performance and the 13-point performance that LaShawn McCoy is coming off over the last two weeks. So I like him. I also like Carlos Hyde at 6,600. Uh, he's got a banged up hip, so I would monitor that a little bit. But it sounds like he's still going to be uh, good to go on Sunday. I mean, I just I, I, to me, 6,600 for Carlos Hyde is still too cheap. So I still think there's some value there. And I'm kind of wondering when this guy is going to get the respect that he deserves as being one of the best all-around backs in the league. He's in there on every single down. He he pa- catches the ball. He runs the ball. I mean, the guy is... He, he can he can get in there in the trenches and actually run. He can run outside. He's fast. I mean, he to me, he has it all. So I really like him this week. Um, and I also like like his matchup a little bit. Um, just in a game where I think they, you know, the 49ers might have to score points. Um, so that's that's uh, good for me. And then also, um, I'll take some flyers on, on Wendell Smallwood. Uh, I mean, with Darren Sproles out, I don't think that LeGarrette Blunt is anything worth assault whatsoever. I wouldn't even look at him. Uh, so at 4100 for Smallwood, I'll have him in a few spots where I need a cheaper uh, running back that's going to carry a decent workload. Mo, give us some running backs. My first one is Mike Gillisley. Uh, Joe Mixon is right above him in price and facing the Browns. I think Joe Mixon is going to be super, super popular. So if anybody has that range of salary left, I think they're just going to always click on Mixon. And that will push Gillisley's ownership down here. But, you know, another thing is is also that, that Panthers D is quite solid uh, up front in particular. Um, but the Patriots are big favorites here. And I think this could be a spot where he vultures a couple of TDs at really low ownership. Uh, we've seen he can score multiple times in the game. And we've seen how much the Patriots trust and rely on him when they get into short yardage situations at the goal line. It's all Gillisley. It's nothing else. They wouldn't even sneak it with Brady. Uh, So I really like 
a, a flyer here at what I think is going to be low ownership. Another one I, I really like is, I mean, I actually really struggled at running back this week, but Jaquiz Rogers, 4,400. And, you know, we know the G's are tough on defense. We love them. We love their defense on this podcast. But this is still a clear-cut top back who catches passes. Um, the Giants, as solid as they are, they have had some leaks this year. Um, only 14th versus running backs catching passes, according to Football Outsiders, and they haven't exactly faced a murderer's row of pass-catching backs. So I think there's definitely going to be some Jaquiz Rogers on my teams this week, and... I think he's a guy you really can't pass up at this ridiculously cheap price. Quiz. Quiz in my pants. Monotti. Not not my f- not not don't quiz in my pants, but give us some running backs. <laughs> my favorite guy this week is Dalvin Cook at sixty five hundred. Have to love the usage for Cook through two uh the first three weeks. Averaging twenty plus carries per game, getting the short yardage work near the goal line. Very LeGarrette blunt like with the Patriots, right, Donnie? Anyway, <laughs> uh, this week I was Cook there, faces, I was there with you. <laughs> this week he faces the Detroit Lions. Lions defense has actually looked pretty good defensively early, but last week the Falcons, 230 combined yards and a touchdown from Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Uh, this is a home game for the Vikings, who we love at home. Give us Case Keenum. We don't care. Vikings should be able to run all over the Lions this week. Uh, give B Cook as my favorite running back on the board. I like Donnie, like Wendell Smallwood talked him uh, talked about him a little bit on the recap pod as a great buy in season long leagues. There's no reason to shy away in DFS either. Uh, Smallwood expected to take over that Darren Sproles third down role, passing down role in this Eagles offense that just throws all game. Uh, ran 21 routes last week, carried the ball 12 times, facing a Chargers defense that ranks 24th against the run so far this season, according to Football Outsiders. So great value, 4,100 for Wendell Smallwood if you want to punt at running back. And I really like C.J. Anderson this week too. I just love the Broncos in this spot. Spoiler alert for tomorrow's show. Uh, in positive game flow, the first two games this season, C.J. Anderson, 45 carries against the Chargers and Cowboys. Back in mile high this week, slight favorites against Oakland. 30th in defense, according to Football Outsiders right now. CJ doesn't have a great catch ceiling, so I I prefer him on a site like Yahoo or FanDuel, but I can also see him scoring twice in this game at reasonably low ownership. I don't think people are going to click on him. So uh, coming off a bad game in Buffalo, I, I yeah, I like CJ, CJ Anderson in, uh, in GPPs this week. Oakland, this is not the year? Not the not- week? No, not today. Man, did they look bad last week? Just looking at the lobby, I'm interested in Devonta Freeman because I see that red three next to him, and I think people will defer down to Christian. I like Christian McCaffrey this week. I'm kind of scared about how chalky he could be. Uh, I still think it's just it's just too good of a matchup against a bad Patriots defense in a game with potential negative script where Christian McCaffrey, like it's in the range of outcomes that this guy catches like ten or twelve passes against the Patriots. But Freeman really interests me because for that reason, I think people might be clicking up or down. And he's pretty damn matchup proof, the role that he has in the offense and the way that the offense plays. It's not like when a good defense like Buffalo comes to town that they're just going to stubbornly run him between the tackles, you know, for two yards in a cloud of dust. 
Like he's going to work outside. He's going to catch passes. So I'm never really scared of matchup when it comes to Freeman. He's just that special of a player and he has that good a role. Don't even worry about that three. The Bills defense is not this good. All right. So this is a great spot to to grab Freeman at re- reduced ownership because there are there are going to be some people who see that that red three and and look away, but Freeman might be the best overall running back on the board this week. Yeah, he's just he's just a good player, and and looking at that lobby, people on Sunday morning they're going to get up, they're going to you know pound a mimosa, have some huevos rancheros, and they're going to fire in lineups, and when they're flippantly putting in a lineup, they're going to see the red three and they're going to fade him, and I think it just might be a good spot to grab him. Uh, McCaffrey, I, I've said it three times now. He's he's my favorite, but I'm a little scared of the chalk. And then uh, Lamar Miller interests me for the same reasons that Jaquiz Rogers interests Mo. I think 4,500 is just criminally low for a guy that's on the field for 70% of offensive plays. I know Deonta Foreman is looming, but I, Miller's not been great. He's not been amazing, but I've not been impressed by Tennessee's defense. Uh, Football Outsiders has them right in the middle of the pack at 18th in rush defense VOA. Uh, I know the Hawks were kind of stymied last week, but look who the Hawks have blocking up front. I mean, we saw Oakland completely manhandle Tennessee uh, in week one. So I'm not too afraid of this Titans defense, and I just think that that price is just far too low for somebody who's on the field as frequently as Lamar Miller. The last time Lamar Miller played the Titans, he was $7,000. Yeah, I, mean, I know his, his role has changed a little bit since then, but he got 20, 20 touches. No, 22 touches in that game. He's just free. Like, 45, he's just free. So, if you need to diversify a little bit, if you need to go with a cheaper option at some position, go, go ahead and click Lamar Miller. Wide receivers. Oh, and go uh, ahead, Mo. one thing, one other thing I would add, uh, look at the last time, uh, just look at just last week to see what ownership is like for a top back whose backup is creeping in on his workload. Um, and I say top back as like a starter, not an elite back. Uh, Jordan Howard was the guy who led numerous DFS lineups to the top last week. As everyone, everyone, everyone who clicked the Bears running back in that game clicked on Cohen. And Jordan Howard was 1% owned and went completely apeshit. So you know nobody's going to be on Lamar Miller. Let's go wide receivers. Inverse order around the horn. Bert Minotti, you teased the Chargers receiver earlier. Now deliver on it, please, por favor. Yeah, if you want to pile on with a game stack in that Eagles game, have a look at Tyrell Williams this week. Could see a lot of Jalen Mills, our favorite guy to pick on. Well, one of our favorite guys. Uh, As we've said countless times on this podcast, Jalen Mills is not good at covering receivers. Odell Beckham scored twice on him last week. Williams, another athletic receiver who is awesome after the catch. Great, cheap source of upside this week at 4,400. And I don't think people are going to be on him at all. Uh, It's also Marquise Goodwin week because every week is Marquise Goodwin week for me. Cardinals are going to stick Patrick Peterson on Pierre Garçon all game. I imagine that leaves Goodwin on the outside against Justin Bethel, who looks terrible. Uh, Goodwin still seeing nice volume, uh, six targets per game so far this season. Should see an uptick this week in that plus matchup against Bethel. It's only a matter of time before this dude breaks off a long one. I mean, he's averaging like 20-some yards of catch already. Plus, he's free. It's only 3,500. Great value again for Goodwin. And if you're going to play the late slate, the Sunday night, Monday night football slate, it's 
I'm going to pick on Philip Gaines again. Uh, so this week's winner is Jamison Crowder in the slot for the Redskins. Only 4,900. He's going to get a lot of targets this week. And Crowder, I, I, maybe not in GPPs, but certainly in cash games, Crowder is a great value. Mohamed, give us some receivers. Well, one of mine was Devin Funches. So you already you already teased him, Rich. Uh, 5,300. He's the de facto WR1 here with Kelvin Benjamin quite possibly out. And Greg Olson certainly out. Should be passing a lot. And like you said, 10 targets last week. You just can't. This is just too much value to ignore. Uh, another one I really like is, uh, just like Brett, I like a Marquise, but Marquise Lee. 4,500 versus what should be a pretty exploitable Jets defense. 19 targets in the two games since Allen Robinson went down. He is the most talented pass catcher on this Jags team. Blake Bortles finally got off the schneid last week. Maybe he's got a little confidence going. Maybe he can actually get the rock to his receivers. I think Marquise Lee, 4,500, is just a little too cheap. Marquise Lee, DP, you got to be happy about that one. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of looked at him, but then I said, you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't know if they're going to go back to throwing the ball with Blake Bortles as much as they did, uh, last week. You know, I mean, I feel like that passing offense is super stock high, so I would deflect away from that and, uh, look elsewhere. So yeah, I can't, I can't do it. Just can't do it. Well then give us some receivers you would do it with, sir. Uh, so like Brett, I really like, uh, Marquise Goodwin. Um, I mean, I think that he's, he's our, who was it last year? John Brown was it John Brown. We talked about every single week and we were like, this is the week he's going to do it. This is the week he's going to do it. And then finally there was a week that he did it. I think this is the week for Marquise Goodwin that he does it. Uh, Brett alluded to DeAndre Hopkins a little bit earlier. Um, I, I mean, he just keeps getting thrown the ball. It doesn't really matter if people are on him, if somebody's blanketing him, if he's being doubled. It doesn't matter. Deshaun Watson is still going to look there. Um, I mean, he's only scored one touchdown, so I still think he's, you know, behind a little bit on getting in the end zone. And uh, he, he the targets, I mean, it's just it's astronomical, this guy. I mean, he just throws, throws, throws to him. Um, and also, when you have a, a mobile quarterback back there like Deshaun Watson, I think that he can – the fact that he can run it could open things up a little bit more uh, for Hopkins. So I, I, I like Nook a lot. And uh, also I'm going to look at uh, Paul Richardson, possibly. I mean, if, if Doug Baldwin's out, I know, Rich, you said this could be an ugly game. I mean, I think it's going to be an ugly game. But uh, Paul Richardson's that guy that they just kind of throw the ball up to, and he catches it. And at $4,600, if, if Doug Baldwin isn't hurt, I mean, Pete Carroll right now is saying that he thinks – uh, Doug Baldwin's going to play with that groin injury. I kind of think that it's hogwash from Pete Carroll. I think that he's that type of coach who will play those games. And even if he does put him out there, it might just be a decoy type of situation. So uh, I'd look for for Paul Richardson this week at 4,600 to get to get a nice increase in targets that I could roster him in a lot of spots. You almost want Baldwin to play so he can decoy on Vontae, and then Paul Richardson can just scamper around against the other clowns in the Colts secondary because Vontae is a real thing. Like That dude is good at football. But uh, you, you certainly don't want P. Rich on Vontae. <laughs> Vontae would, would blanket, even though I love P. Rich. Uh, P. Rich would get totally blanketed. Uh, Funchess is my number one guy here. Mo ta- I talked about him earlier. Mo echoed the sentiments. And I'm interested in Sterling Shepard. And I'm actually happy that he's priced higher than Brandon Marshall, 
he comes in $200 more. I know Shepard's production has really come on one big play, touchdown last week against that porous Eagle secondary, but I've not been impressed by what I saw from the Bucks. They got a, a free square, as Brett would put it, in week two against Mike Lennon, but last week, Case Keenum looked like freaking Brett Favre uh, in his last season in Minnesota, and even since Beckham has returned to that offense over the last two weeks, Shepard has run more routes than Beckham, tw- almost 20 and more than Marshall throughout the entire three weeks. Uh, so I think it's he's clearly, even though people do this thing where they see Marshall on the outside and they just plug him as the number two receiver, uh, even though Shepard plays in the slot more frequently, I think it's clear that he is the number two passing option in this offense. Maybe him and Evan Ingram are competing, but Shepard definitely has the pedigree as an NFL player. And again, I'm not too impressed by this Bucks secondary, so I'm a little interested in Shepard. And in cash games, you guys know what time it is, right? You guys have to know what juice? time it is. The juice? No, it is Goat Curly. Goat time. Curly? Oh, come yeah. on. Goat Curly is a, is a guaranteed 10 points every week. The more he gets assimilated with this offense, the more McCown is going to look for him. He's just a second and long, third down monster. He j- All this dude does is get open. He's a walking 10 points, DK, in cash, and he's totally free at i think it's 3700 let me just confirm uh yes he has eight targets in two weeks yeah, what are you talking about his yeah but in week two he he was just a guy that came off the street and put pads on and last week he steps in and, and gets five targets catches all five of them i'm telling you the more assimilated this guy gets with the offense the more targets he's going to get he, he just plays that role of safe underneath guy and we saw Cade. what what did Cade do when he was in Cleveland, he just ate with Barnage. So maybe it's maybe it's ASJ, and the Jags have definitely have ish, had issues with the tight end. We might get into that right now. Uh, but Curly is going to be a blanket guy, and I'm telling you, all this guy does is get open. He's a wa- he's a walking ten points. I'm telling you, it's my guy, Goat Curly. All right, let's get to the tight end, and because I did not have the mixer last week, I couldn't ask. This very important question, but there's no chance we're skipping it this week. Since the beginning of time, man has been faced with one undying question to which the correct answer may lead to a lifetime of riches and eternal glory. Eternal glory. Hola, me llamo Roberto. Yo soy Fiesta. Y tú también? Tú eres... Fiesta, fiesta. DP, even though his career is over, he's retired, he's no longer a member of the National Football League. Would you roster Mr. Gronkowski this week to Eddie's Fiesta? No, I'm not going to do it. Uh, yeah, I'm just not going to do it. He's just too expensive for me. I don't like to pay up for expensive tight ends and also ones that I think are going to be especially chalky. So not doing it. I'm avoiding Gronk. Gronk, I love you, but sorry, you're dead to me still. <laughs> I love you, but you're dead to me. Mo, to Eres Fiesta. I am not a fan of the Patriots this week. Um, just because for me, this is just a, a question of perceived value versus actual value. Um, I think they could do some things, but at the same time, for the most part, this passing game, I think people will be all over after Tom Brady threw for five touchdowns and 
Carolina does have a good defense, so I, I am a little bit interested in Gillisley for some vulture opportunities at low cost. But other than that, I think I'm going to mostly stay away from the Pats, and I think people are going to see more value in Gronk than there actually is. Brett, tu eres fiesta. Nah, just play J- just play Jake Hollister. <laughs> he played seven snaps last week, turned that into one catch for 19 yards. Imagine what this guy can do with like 10 snaps. Did he hit value? Did he hit value? The problem was, 2.9? is on that catch for 19 yards, he got absolutely drilled and immediately <laughs> went to the locker room to get tested for a concussion. So there is no doubt that he would have had at least 60 <laughs> yards and probably a touchdown. I mean, See? no doubt. My man says no doubt. What that 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 ball at the end would have not gone to Brandon Cooks had Jacob Hollister been in the game. <laughs> it just wouldn't have. Did you see how close that guy was to blocking it? Now, if you were thrown it to Hollister, it would have been a lot easier. It would have looked made made Brady look a lot more impressive. Oh, that's too good. All right, Brett, give us some real tight ends then. Nothing, nothing's no something Hollisters. If you're gonna pay up this week, Zach Ertz is king, sixty three hundred. I will gladly eat a face full of chalk. I don't think he's gonna be that high. I think some, a lot of people will play Gronk at this price point, but man, Ertz against the Chargers, this dude could get fifteen plus targets this week. So play Zach Ertz. Uh, if you're gonna pay down Charles Clay against the Falcons, he has the second most targets on the Bills behind only the Sean McCoy. If they're if they're gonna throw downfield, a lot of the time it is gonna be Charles Clay. Just a volume play for me here. He's only thirty seven hundred like him for cash games and GPPs. And Eric Ebron, the Vikings have been lit up by tight ends so far this year. Ebron coming off a miserable game as the chalk last week, uh, even though he did see seven targets, but people are going to hop off him. I'm right back on. Uh, I'm expecting the, the Lions to be a negative game flow this week. So a nice correlation play with the aforementioned Dalvin Cook if you want uh, some pieces of that Vikings-Lions game that I don't think a lot of people are going to be on. Mo, what you got at tight end? I also really like Charles Clay. Um, 3,700 in a dome uh, against Atlanta. Just no no good wide receiver options on that team. Tyrod clearly has a lot of trust in him. So, yeah, like Brett said, this is just a spot. He might be the top receiving option. So I think you got to play some Charles Clay, even though I do expect him to be popular. Another mega devilish play that I... I mean... I can't see how people are going to click on this guy's name, but I think I'll have a little. Something called Tyler Croft. Looks like it'll be starting for the Bengals. 2600 just a hair above the min price against the Browns, who have been horrible against opposing tight ends. They've allowed the third most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. I don't think he's going to really be on the radar since his name is Something Croft. Here, even with Eifert out, good spot if you just want to just go way off the board and save a lot of money. DP, give us another Hollister. I don't have another Hollister this week. I'm sorry, can't can't do that. I mean, Mo's got my Hollister with with Tyler Croft over there. Something Croft. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at uh, I like Cameron Brait uh, this week. I mean, he's it's a combination of price uh, and matchup. He's only 3,800. Uh, he's a lot cheaper than a lot of the the chalky top options that I think a lot of people are going to click on, and I don't think the Giants are that good against uh, against tight ends. So give me some Cameron Brayton. Then I'm also going to look at uh, David and Joku at 2900. I mean, he's cheap. Uh, he's kind of a punt play, but he's he's found the end zone in two different games this year, uh, and he's up against the Bungles. So uh, 
let's go with some David Njoku. And I mean, his, his, his celebration jump spike split thing. I mean, that, that, that enough right there is enough to get me to, to spend $2,900 on him. Immediately gets you to value once he does the jump spike. You were correct that the Giants are not good. Hashtag not good at defending the tight end. The corpse of Jason Witten, 18.9 DK points in week one. Eric Ebron, 15.2 in week two. And then Goat Zach Ertz last week, 18.5 against this horrific Giants middle. I mean, it's it's amazing. They're good at everything. And maybe this is just a scheme thing. They're good at everything except defending the tight end. And we talked about it in the preseason process. Cameron Brait remains the move tight end on Tampa Bay. It's going to take O.J. Howard a while to assimilate to this offense. Although, he, the amount of routes run, there's only 11 routes in between Brait and Howard, uh, and target-wise, it's 7-4 to four in favor of Brait. But Brait, he's got to be the guy. He's the veteran. He knows the role. So I'd rather get him in the lineup than gamble on Howard in this very plus matchup. Go ahead, Brett. Yes, staying on that, uh, Howard, most of his routes last week came out of the slot. So they will use both of those guys on the field at the same time. So that's that's interesting to consider as well. Interesting. Good note. Uh it's amazing how many targets they have in that offense because you would think Chris Godwin have, would have stepped in and got a lot, but then you look up. I feel like every time I look up at the Bucks game when I have Quad Box on with DirecTV, Humphreys has caught a pass. <laughs> like I, They have so many targets in Tampa Bay, but as a tight end option, I do like Brait. And I mentioned him briefly, but I don't think a punt on Safarian Jenkins is bad at all. Uh, coming off suspension, he's he's no somebody nobody's going to click on. And again, the Cade Barnage connection was so real in Cleveland. And the Jags have not been very great against tight ends either. Uh, Watson targeted Ben Watson targeted six times last week, only caught three of them for twelve yards, but was able to fall in the end zone. The week prior, Delaney Walker had four for sixty-one, uh, caught all four of his targets, and then C.J. Fedorowicz. Same thing, caught all four of his targets in week one for 46 yards. So Safarian Jenkins, super cheap, only 3000 And the Jags, hashtag not good at defending the tight end. Defense, special teams, DP, close us out strong. I mean, I feel like with defense every week, I'm just kind of throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, I don't like to pay up for defense at all, so I'm going to go back to the bottom of the barrel, and I'm looking at the 49ers and the Cleveland Browns. They're $200 yeah. apart. Uh, I mean, they're both cheap. They're both playing offenses that haven't really been able to figure it out in these first couple weeks, and they're playing quarterbacks in, in Carson Palmer and uh, Andy Dalton who have turned the ball over four times each, um, and turnovers equal points. Uh, when you're on defense. So uh, I'm looking at the 49ers at 2,200 and the Cleveland Browns at 2,400. Brett, you're very happy with those. Why? Well, not, not so much the Browns, but the 49ers. Why are the 49ers the lowest salary on the board against Carson Palmer? I mean, I talked about Palmer, Palmer earlier as a great stack, but you can say the same about the other side of the ball, especially at this price, 2,200. With the amount Bruce Arians has Carson throwing the ball right now, he could easily throw two, three, maybe four picks, get sacked a few times. Uh, in spots, I don't have the Cardinals passing game. I'm going to be using the 49ers all over the place. Who else you got? Uh, if I'm going to pay up, it's probably going to be Denver at home. At home, this team has looked invincible 
So, I mean, Derek Carr was horrendous on the road last week in Washington. Not going to get any easier against the Broncos secondary this week. I think the Broncos probably going to carry like maybe 10% ownership tops. So to get a, a great defense like that at home at that ownership, uh, I'm on board with that. Mo, what you got at defense? I don't think I necessarily 100% agree with what Brett was saying earlier because I like the Chargers. Why are they in the free tier? I don't understand this. They're facing Carson Wentz, whose decision-making, he has it's looked questionable at times. Um, The guy can make some plays, but he is not afraid to juke a defender in the backfield and then just sling the rock downfield. He, you know, the, the Chargers, they did very solid work this past weekend against a Chiefs offense that's absolutely lighting everybody else up. Uh, looks like it might be one of the league's best. Chargers held them to 17 points until a late 70-yard breakaway touchdown when the game was pretty much already salted away by Kareem Hunt. Um, Chargers have some nice things this week, and where they're at, at 2,500 with all these other free defenses, I just don't understand it, really. I hate defense this week. I mean, I've been staring at the DST tab in DraftKings. I was looking at it this morning. I've been staring at it while you guys have all been talking, and I might just tell you guys, I'm kind of interested in the Jets at 2,600 again. We got Bortle service on the road after a London game. Seems like mistakes abound could be a thing. Uh, and then I guess if I'm paying up, I kind of like the Buccaneers. Eli on the road. Eli's a moron. Nobody's really blocking for him. Uh, I think the Gerald McCoy injury sucks here. Uh, monitor that. He still could play. But he was in and out of the game on Sunday against Minnesota. His pressure up the middle uh, even though everyone's highlighted Eric Flowers and his inability to, to play left tackle this season, McCoy's pressure up the middle really helps that Bucks defense go because it it just makes immobile quarterbacks like Eli have to make decisions quickly or go on the move, which is something Eli's not very good at. So the Giants are not good at football, and Eli makes a ton of mistakes. So I guess I'm interested in the Bucks at 3,400, but... I I guess I think I'll be throwing a lot of darts to Sunday because no team really sticks out to me. I'm scared of injuries there. Uh, didn't have Brent Grimes last week. Quan, didn't have Quan Alexander. Yeah. Levante David got hurt. This Bucks defense looks like a shell of itself. Yeah. And can I just say, uh, Brett Brett picked up the Chargers defense in our auction league. I I did. <laughs> listen. listen. Listen, this is it. The, the, the Eagles stack has really nothing to do with the Chargers defense. It's all about volume on the Eagles side of the ball. Where the, where the ball is going, the target share for Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey, I think I love the upside there if they do get it going. You know where the ball is going to go. There's a lot of potential in that trio. And Peterson. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram ruining people last week. Yeah, well, look at, look at this Eagles offensive line, though. And Peterson, your boy, Mo. Sharp as the devil's. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think I, I uh, look. I agree, I agree. At twenty five hundred, this is good value for a Chargers defense that I still think is super talented. But 
they do have the missing piece there in Verrett, and they just can't defend the middle of the field. They're a disaster. Something Jatavis Brown. He really is an IDP legend because he just he gives up all the catches and then gets He tackles. has all the tackles so far. <laughs> well, I, I brought up this stat earlier in our in our Skype thread. He he was targeted seven times last week in the passing game. He gave up seven receptions and a touchdown. <laughs> so that's six tackles right there. Boom. Rack them up. Rack ball, rack them. Jatavis Brown, I'm telling IDP legend. Jatavis Brown. Rack him up and hope nobody's watching the film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe that's his plan, you know, just going into contracts years, you know, just rack up the tackles. Yeah. I'm going to let these guys catch the ball, and I'm just going to tackle them right after. Yeah. Just play Zach Ertz everywhere this week. I, I promise you. Yeah. Trade Le'Veon Bell for Zach Ertz in your season long. <laughs> you'll, you'll be guaranteed victory this week. That's the DFS pod. Again, if you guys have last-second questions, you can tweet at these guys. We've got at Brett Colson, C-O-L-L-S-O-N, at Mo Nuara, N-U-W-W-A-R-A-H, at Donnie underscore Peters, and I'm at Rich T. Ryan. We will be picking Super Contest games tomorrow, which I am pumped for, given that we are coming off of a 4-1 week and we are back over 500. Be sure to send your picks against the Super Contest lines to either at Gridiron Gamble on Twitter or Gridiron Gamble Podcast at gmail.com. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Till then, peace.